Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Those are all held at the Hampton Inn here in North Bay. Tickets are on sale at the website buysarlo.com. And get your tickets for April as soon as possible because that is more than halfway sold out. It's two-thirds. Okay. Now, we do have an extra Evening with Medium events coming up in March, and it's actually going to be an afternoon. We've been invited to the International Women's Day at the Grand Event Center, hosted by the Crisis Center. So from 1.30 till 3.30, we will be doing our public event, and you can reserve your tickets by calling the Crisis Center now. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series we have that currently is only available on the website by sarlo.com. If you haven't headed over there, please do. It is a 10-minute show. There are five. They run it the first week of every single month. We pick a theme. It helps you increase your emotional intelligence and your spiritual intelligence toolkits. And God only knows, we all need them. Valid. We also have gift certificates and personal sessions available for purchase. You can both purchase and receive them from anywhere in the world. We do our sessions via Skype, FaceTime, and telephone if you can't be here with us in person. You can contact us through the website, bysarlo.com. It's got our email and our phone numbers. Kelly, I'm going to throw in right there for the people listening that we often get asked the question, is it the same? Can you actually get the same type of information? Will it be any different if I'm Skyping, FaceTiming, or telephoning you than in person? And the response is, it's identically the same. Yes, I know that people who can be here in person prefer it because they enjoy our environment, but it does not change the accuracy or the efficiency for us doing our jobs. Yes, nothing for you and I changes. We have coffee mugs for sale available on the site by sarlo.com. They're $15 a mug. You can head over there if you'd like to purchase one so you can enjoy your tea or coffee with us. And moving on to today's show. Medical Intuitive today. Karen, talk to me about why you chose this topic. Because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, we've talked about this a million times. It comes up in every single podcast show because it's one of our gifts. But you wanted to highlight this in particular for a good reason. Oh, yeah. Um. I've been watching the news, believe it or not, in the United States, and Marianne Williamson has put forth her name as a candidate for a political party to run for president of the United States. In her whole demeanor, her whole personality, her whole life has been based on healing, loving, and she really believes in medical intuitives. She totally is behind everything we do with energy healing. Okay, so now is kind of like that time where people are ready to be educated or are going to have to be educated. She's putting, she's going to be and has been putting this in people's faces her entire life. But now she's got a massive public platform for it. Yes. And the other reason this came to my attention was I watch and listen to a lot of TED Talks. I don't watch TV other than Grey's Anatomy. But as everyone knows, but In listening to a lot of the TED Talks, I've been really following TED MD, listening to piles of physicians who are disheartened by their own careers. They're disheartened by a political system that has them shoving drugs down people's throats. Listening to doctors say that they are more and more open to alternative therapies 
and that while drugs certainly have a good place for particular things, where doctors are becoming more open-minded in the United States. Hoping that that's what's happening all over the world and other countries as well. So I wanted to make sure that people truly understand what we do. And Kelly, third, quickly, when we first started doing this years ago, for me, almost a full decade now, or 10 years, um, I didn't do medical intuitive every day. It was medium and energy healing. And now medical intuitive is, I would say, in about 90% of all sessions. Well, and I'll say bigger than that is when you started doing it, you didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know the name. I didn't know it was called medical intuitive. The information just came through in medium and psychic sessions. So I, I think it's worthy of people understanding it better. So let's start with what a medical intuitive is. And I think I'm going to ask you some questions too, just so it can be an answer, question answer thing for people. Okay. So how would you describe medical intuitive to somebody? <laughs> okay. Oh, um, how would I describe it? Like as in what I experience in my own body or what it is in general? What it is in general. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'll preface it by saying that I don't think that that's a good question because I think medical intuitives can experience it differently, right? In the way that we use all of the senses to get the information or how some individuals might use only some of the senses. Perfect. For myself, if that's what you're asking, depending on what type of injury or illness we're looking at, depending on what system of the body it's in reference to, it may be um, like an x-ray scan. It may be like a blood scan. The, the body lights up in front of me in different ways, depending on what we're looking for or what information is just coming through. So now you're talking about that there are different ways that the information comes to the intuitive. Yeah. And what I want to add to that is that the purpose of us getting all of the information is to give someone else information about their mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Okay, that actually, that's a good way to break it down, because right now I'm just on physical. So physical scans show up for the physical body. Physical scans can also show up for the brain if there are mental components that have a physical component to it. Mm -hmm. Like an MS, where there's myelin in the brain. Yep. Or when there's something like Alzheimer's or dementia and you can see the brain has the nerve endings that look like they're dead. Yeah, or where they're firing but not wiring. Yes. So where they fritz, where you see kind of almost an electrical um, shortage almost. Yeah. Now, when it's something like a mental health issue where there's a mood disorder, um, it may be more of a mere touch synesthesia experience as opposed to a medical where I start to feel how the emotions are feeling and I start to be able to see the thoughts in the patterns as opposed to synapses. Oh, this is such a fascinating conversation. Mm -hmm. I think the really neat part about that one is that it's not necessarily a piece in the brain for us. Doctors might argue otherwise, but we start to see more of the emotional part of the body in where they're overwhelmed. It's not necessarily a brain issue. 
I want to say, Kelly, in that one, it's also inner knowing. Mm-hmm. It's also the guides talking and saying it to us. Mm-hmm. Because a guide could come in and say she is bipolar. Yep. She is manic. So you hear audit- auditory. Yes. And it's specific. Mm-hmm. And it's also combined with a gift to be able to remote view the past where we are then taken back to the situation if it was a physical event that occurred, if it was words that were thrown at them to take the brain and scramble it to then be on the path to create a mental health issue. So we go back to what we call a trigger moment. Yeah. I call it the injury. Yeah. So when you ask the question, what does medical intuitive look like or what does it mean or what is it? It's so hard to define because it's layered for us with different gifts. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's beautiful that there are so many different gifts because it allows for more accuracy and more precision. Yeah. And then for us, trusting of the gifts to deliver the message, because that is not something you want to have to say to someone. Yes, that's not something you ever want to get wrong. No. Or be wishy-washy over. Mm -hmm. Remember the example, Kelly, of having the asthma attack? Mm -hmm. So I have the asthma attack. And then I'm able to say to the gentleman, you have asthma. So that's the mere touch synesthesia. And yet some people argue that that's not true because mirror touch means that you need to see it. Yeah, and we don't need to see it. So I don't know if we're going to find out when science catches up to you and I. That we don't have mirror touch? That's right. And that we actually have another type of synesthesia Mm -hmm. but we don't know what else to call it yet because this is the one that's closest to what we experience see and that's where i tend to lean toward more of the psychic gifts because psychic can be past present and future yeah and the i'll say maybe deep empathy part of it is that we do feel everything that that person feels whether they've experienced that in the past present or future Mm -hmm. mirror touch means that you have to be in the moment the other person has experienced it, and so are you, because you can see it. You didn't witness this man have an asthma attack. No. Yeah. I had the asthma attack. I think it's important to point out that maybe listeners are sitting there going, what the fuck? Like, I can't follow this. Yeah, us either. Yeah. It is very confusing. And I want to explain that. And I did in that other show. When I'm having an asthma attack, I'm panicked. Oh, yeah. I am walking all over the house in a panic because I don't have asthma. I have never experienced anything like this. So at 57 years old, I am literally leaving my client in the treatment room, pacing all over the house, trying to figure out what to do because I feel like I can't breathe and I have no idea why. When it finally settles down and I went back into the room, he is the one that says to me, so you have asthma. That's when I know what it's called, what's happening to me. And I said, no, sir, I don't. And that's when I know that he's the one with asthma. You have asthma. Yeah. So in all of the jumble of the gifts, experiencing them, you know, individually and simultaneously, we have to be hypersensitive, hyper aware of what we actually feel as individuals and when it's our stuff and when it's another person's. Yep. And people here in a lot of the podcast shows how complicated this is. Extremely, because the other component, the the other third, is future. Right. So we can sit there and maybe this person's never had asthma in their life, 
you have an asthma attack and they're going, no, not me. And three months later, they have their first asthma attack. Yeah. And that's when we get the phone call or the email or the text or whatever saying, holy shit, I've got asthma. You were right. Yeah. And that's what we've been living through for ever. And just figuring out in the last couple of years that this is actually what we think it is. What can often come with explaining to people what a medical intuitive is, is the question, well, how do you know you're accurate? Or how reliable is it? And I think like any profession, you only know if you're accurate or you're good at it if you keep doing it, practicing it, and getting the feedback for the accuracy. So you have to hear in a variety of ways Yes, this is correct. You're good at doing this part, like these parts. And wherever you don't do well, or you hit 100% accuracy, think just like in other professions that you have to be able to keep working at it and using your gifts and testing the gifts constantly and reaching beyond what you think you can do to be able to figure out, yeah, I can keep practicing this. And with more and more validations, get better and better. Learn. And part of that learning comes from when other professionals are able to teach us, are able to give us those validations, are able to say things like, well, if I give an example, that if you and I are able to see, say like an x-ray, Kelly, and we hear the guides, so you're seeing and hearing, Say you see the x-ray and you see different vertebrae out or problems in the vertebrae, say arthritis or just subluxations. And we write down or we say to the person T1, T2, T8, L5, SI joint, left side. Then if a professional can say to us, I saw your client, I got permission, and I'm allowed to tell you that you hit everything with accuracy, then you know your accuracy. You know by that professional telling you, you got them all right, or you know that you got 80% or whatever by their response to you. And I find this to be a very valuable thing that we've been able to get from this community where professionals have helped us find our accuracy. And then once knowing that, having the confidence to continue and push past it which I think is what all professions want for themselves and what we want those professionals to do. So in the interest of pushing past, maybe now is a good time to mention that we speak on behalf of nonverbal people, specifically in this situation regarding their medical intuitive information. Yeah, of all ages, whether it's children, whether it's seniors with Alzheimer's, with dementia, or cognitive problems where they have difficulty communicating what they're feeling. So all ages and all conditions. Yes. And that it's been many, many years doing this now for nonverbal people. Okay, so then some people might be thinking, because we just talked about affirmations, where the client or the medical community can say, yes, that's correct to us. They might be wondering, well, then how do you go about getting your affirmations when it comes to nonverbal people? Well, it can be that If I think of a quick example of, say, I feel like I have an urgency to go to the bathroom and it feels like it's burning, then I would say to a family member or a person present or quite often voice recording. So if no one is present, that is verbal, 
then uh, like for that family member who can't speak, then I speak into a voice recorder. So when they come home and they listen to that, they could hear that. If they take that person to the hospital, run a, a urinalysis, find out if there is a blood or urine, urinary tract problem, then they get the affirmation, then they can let me know you were accurate or you were inaccurate. So in a very similar manner, either a family member or loved one can speak on their behalf to give us the affirmations. And again, the medical community can provide us with affirmations as well. That's right. And it's extremely valuable. Well, we're talking about quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Being in pain, not being in pain. Whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whether it's a physical pain in the body, whether it's trying to say from a nonverbal person that they're sad or that they're angry, all of it matters. Lonely or that people are crowding them? Yeah, give me my space. It's a nice sunny day. Um, I want to go to the mall or I don't want to be around people today. There are so many beautiful messages that come through. Now, I know that I just went from medical intuitive into nice sunny days. I realized what I did. I went off on a tangent. Well, a different kind of channeling. Yes, because to me, medical is also your mental health. Yeah, because if they were struggling from a mood disorder and the sun was something that was going to help or being around people for stimulation was going to help, Mm -hmm. then it does on a different level affect medical. Yeah. Yeah, very much. So, Kel, I came up with a list of benefits that I think people can get from seeing a medical intuitive. And the first one on my list is learning to accept help from all kinds of people, being open to more than drugs. Good. Yeah, we need a team. We need a village. We need people with different expertise, different perspectives, different backgrounds. Cultures play into this as well because cultures have different ways of solving ailments. Yes. And quite often the spirit guides come through to suggest ones from different cultures or they do suggest combinations with the medical help that doesn't counter it or interfere or make it worse. And I do love that as much as a physical problem can cause us pain or anxiety, in the process of healing or seeking healing, it forces us to make connections. Mm-hmm. With a drug, we disassociate, we disconnect, we become dependent on a substance as opposed to making connections with other individuals, which promotes worth for all parties involved. Hmm. That's a neat way to word that. Number two. Learn tools from your medical intuitive. This is where tips come from the guides. I think it's worth noting here that before we talk about what you and I can do, not all medical intuitives will be able to channel guides. Correct. So this is unique to you and I. Yep. And maybe some other people, but not all medical intuitives. So when you say the guides, you mean they're spirit guides, power animals, um, different entities or beings. Yes. And they give them tips. And I can think of things like if somebody has insomnia, if somebody has a medical condition, yes, they may be taking medication to help that and it can be working, but the guides can also give them causes. It can also help them with resolution, figuring out other tools that can, I'll say, eventually, hopefully replace the medicine. Yeah. Aid, assist. 
Yeah, or even just help them with tools to be able to cope with anxiety or other issues in their life. Mm -hmm. So number three, I wrote down is learning the cause. And this can come back to the emotional component of an injury or an illness. And it can be related to a past event being held somewhere in the body. This is one of my favorite things about medical intuitive is being able to scan the body, go over it and hold your hand or say it if it's over the phone, say where it is that you're working in the body and what that original injury was. Even cooler for you and I is when we pair it with past lives. Oh, yeah. And, and I say this on purpose in the interest of showing people how dynamic the gifts are when they are allowed to work together. Mm-hmm. And when I say they're allowed, I mean that the person gives us consent. Yeah. Because for us, it's a natural flow. So that trigger moment that you're talking about or that cause can actually stem from a past life where the soul has carried it from lifetime to lifetime. Mm-hmm. The medical intuitive or the shaman in us can go back into that past life and pull up that memory. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a gorgeous moment for a person to sit there and hear that so that they know what they're working on healing? Because so many people now want to dig deeper into why they have any type of suffering. They want to be able to learn to love themselves through it. And that's one of the pieces then is to be able to say, okay, now I know what incident or what happened to me. And I need to love myself through that. Well, I think this is true of anything. When we have a label, we feel like, okay, now I know how to deal with it because it's got a title. We can research it. We can become more aware of the pattern in our lives. It allows us to open doors to know how we want to approach. Number five is affirmations. You know your own body. This is a wonderful way to get your own validation that you do. Because sometimes we know what's wrong with ourselves And it may take time before a medical person can affirm that for you. And you can think that you're going crazy because you can't get that validation yet. Can block you, can make you frustrated and angry. It can make you sad. It can make you feel isolated. Oh my goodness, yes. And and people can actually contribute to making you feel isolated because they can discount you, they can shun you, they can ignore you, they can make fun of you, they can do all kinds, they can fire you, they can do all kinds of things to you if they don't believe you. And sometimes we have bosses or coworkers who don't believe us until there's a medical diagnosis. And for people who can't get that for years, that's devastating. So to see a medical intuitive, to hear that is your moment of knowing you're not crazy. And it can give you the courage then to keep going back into the medical community until you get your answers. This leads right into number six, Cal. And that is, is that it can give you an affirmation so that your spouse can hear you. So that your spouse, I know we said earlier in, in the number five, that co-workers could listen to you. But I put number six separately as your spouse or your partner, because that is your fundamental relationship in life. Yeah. And if you have a partner who's making fun of you, or who doesn't believe you that you have a sore back, or that you have inflammation all over your body, and you don't go and have that affirmed by a physician, or they can't affirm it yet, for some reason, 
then to go home and have that person not listen to you might mean that you put yourself at risk. You might try and lift things that you shouldn't. You may do things that actually challenge your own safety and put it at risk. It may cause your depression. It can then also give you high levels of anxiety if your partner's not listening to you. You could become very tense all the time, which then could add to your symptoms. Instead of being able to take the anxiety and separate it. Number seven is empowerment. Because when you get this experience, some people just literally feel empowered when they leave. They don't feel like they need everybody else to now believe them. Mm -hmm. You also know how to be your own advocate. You know that you have a right to and a reason. Oh, yeah. Might empower you just going back to the last one for your spouse to now be your advocate as well. Well, wouldn't that change the dynamics in your relationship if you walk out and you're empowered? And maybe for years prior to that, you just let your partner bully you through it or disbelieve you. Mm -hmm. And now you walk out and you've shifted your energy. You're not going to take it anymore. They can turn the table so that they become your partner again. Number eight is that what I've seen is that people can leave and have ideas and see more choices. So once they have a medical intuitive be able to affirm for them something, they then may see more choices for themselves that they didn't allow before. If you have a spouse that doesn't believe you, you don't exactly want to go out and start researching things. But if now you walk out and you feel more empowered, you go out and you start seeking things. You start thinking differently. You even even may start making different appointments all on your own and making different choices around how you're going to care for yourself. You may even just start by one thing, like eating differently. If you hear that what's wrong with you, maybe is something like inflammation, you might walk out and go, okay, that was confirmed. She said diet, I'm going to start, I'll remove some sugars. I think it goes back to empowerment as well, because you think, okay, that's within my control. Oh, I like that. That's wonderful. Well, that's it for today. Okay, so another show educating you about Medical Intuitive. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at If you missed it, Sips of Sanity aired this week. You can head over to the website bysarlo.com to catch up on our people-pleasing false beliefs. Have a great Saturday.